Welcome to the People Powered Community Podcast, where we dive into the inspiring stories of go to market professionals who have leveraged their skills to create strong and lasting connections within their community. Get ready to be inspired and learn how you too can harness your business superpower for good. Hello, and welcome to the People Powered Community Podcast. I'm your host, Leslie Greenwood um, from Chief Evangelist Consulting, and I'm here with Lorena Morales. She is the Global Director of Digital Marketing Revenue Operations at JLL. So, welcome, Lorena. Hi, Leslie and, and audience. It's really uh, humbling to be in this podcast, yet another one, but this one is going to be more personal, touching on. Uh, very sensitive fibers of my personality, so I can't. I can't wait. Let's let's do it. Yes, 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 yes. Well, um, Lorena and I have. I think we've circled around each other probably on LinkedIn and then through Pavilion. And then I had the distinct pleasure to join you for lunch at a Pavilion event, and it was really nice to actually meet you in person. And um, I forget where did we do that? Was that Los Angeles, San Francisco? I think, I think it, was. it was San Francisco. Yeah. Yes, yes. I remember the rooftop venue was very beautiful. And I remember the um, remember that because not all venues are beautiful when you're um, doing uh, conferences. Yeah, (laughs) that's true. Awesome. So it's really nice that you, to take the time to really chat with me about, um, you know, you, your superpower and um, what you're up to now. And so let's just dive right in. Um, Let's get to know you a little bit. Tell us who you are, what you're doing now, and um, kind of how you got here. Well, first of all, I am I am Mexican. Uh, my accent probably already said it uh, for me. And uh, I I came to the U.S. almost 12 years ago to pursue education because I'm a firm believer in in formal education, and so I came to the U.S. as a as a student of my first master's degree. And so that took me to work almost exclusively for startups uh, for a number of years, growing them from zero to $16 million in, in revenue and uh, managing managers and managing teams. And, and, and I, it, it felt like my positions almost got me there without me wanting, wanting to. Then I pursued mm. my second master's um, in a strategic design management who, which uh, apart from the fancy, fancy title, what it means is that I understand design thinking as a methodology to practice it, to grow teams and to really be customer centric around all the things that I do. And so I spent two very long years investing a lot of money on, on understanding that methodology that has been super close to my heart from day one. And today, um, well, actually, like around five years ago, I made a jump into something called revenue operations, which is right now the hottest topic in the entire uh, social media and LinkedIn, and everyone wants to jump to revenue operations. I did that jump uh, five years ago with one of the consultancies that was doing revenue operations as a service, uh, one of the very first ones, and we actually opened the category in G2, in G2 back G2 crowd. Um, and people don't know that. Like we were one of the first ones to work with clients like Twilio, Sendes, Coursera, Plaid, you name it, we were working with them. And so I, another methodology that hit my door and my back, back, back then, my, my boss, the current CEO uh, back then was telling me, Lorena, this is going to be something really hard because people don't believe in it. It's something that it's not well known. 
but it's going to change business forever. Do you want to be our vice president of marketing uh, to really put it out there and start evangelizing the the, the practice um, or the craft? Because in reality, it's a craft. And I said, absolutely, yes, because I, I feel that, and this is going to tie to my superpower, that I feel that I'm always jumping to these unknown things in order to grow better and grow stronger. So today I am the global director of digital marketing revenue operations for a, for a public traded company called Jones Lang LaSalle or JLL. And I've been with them almost two years uh, leading, not only leading their revenue operations team, but like building it from scratch. So building the entire wow. function and leading the team and like educating the entire company to really make sure that they understand what it is and what's the value behind it. So that that would be a short description of, of myself or where, where I am today. Mm -hmm. What when you um, went out on G2 Crowd and kind of started building the category of revenue operations, it wasn't, what was it called? Like, how did they describe it back then? Was it still revenue operations or was it something else? No, it didn't exist. It didn't exist at all. We were, we were in the category of Salesforce consultants, with, which for us <laughs> was like, wait a minute, we, we do do Salesforce and we do do um, the tool and we're really good at it. And we have champions in the architects of, of Salesforce and admins and this and that. But in reality, we didn't want it to be a shop store of like Salesforce because we were doing much more than that. And we were effectively, effectively managing around $250 million in, in, in tool stack of these companies. So it was a fight. It was a fight finding all the companies that would jump with us because you need to find competitors in order to open a category because otherwise you are no one. So mm -hmm. going after the companies that would potentially compete with us, but telling them like, let's work together right now. And then after that, let's figure it out. Um, mm -hmm. If we go after each other, then it's fine. But um, at the very beginning, we had to find the competitors that would help us open that category. And, and it happened and now it, it has exploded. It's, it's according to LinkedIn is a job that has raised in popularity, the, the one that has raised the most in popularity over the last year. So it's not a coincidence. Um, I think businesses are starting to realize that it's a need, a must, not a commodity anymore. I know I've seen JLL everywhere. It's on buildings, um, <laughs> et cetera. But how large is the company? Because to run global revenue operations for this size company has got to be quite a huge endeavor. It's 110,000 employees uh, with offices all around the world. So it's it's massive. It's It was a change that I didn't expect again. And uh, but it's fulfilling. It's been a roller coaster because now, um, like this job is not no jokes, right? Like you can't really mess it up because you're messing up with big revenues and big like big numbers now. Um, and so, so people believed in me, and and that's what what got me to where I am today. So yeah, it's a pretty big company <laughs> with a pretty big presence in in the real estate uh, realm. Yeah. Um, did you have to, I'm just curious, I'm going to go down this rabbit hole just a little bit, like change management and getting people to understand the, the, their true value of RevOps, that it's really overlooking the revenue organization. You're not a button pusher, a, uh, let's see, an installer of things or all the other things that people may think that revenue operations um, does. Did you find it 
were they fully bought into the idea when you came in or did you, how did you have to sell that up the chain to get that to kind of where it needed to be for such a large company? Well, here's a funny thing. I've had four managers in the past two years. So the first person that hired me, he was a true believer in the methodology and that's why he created the position for me. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. it's a position, it was a first of of its kind. So it didn't really exist, exist in the organization. And so he was a firm believer and, and it wasn't hard to work with him at all. It was actually a real pleasure to work with Dan um, back then. After that, I had managers that not necessarily knew or were practitioners or understood the methodology. So it's been a work in progress, definitely, to go from manager to manager to really say, trust me, this is going to be something that not only we need, but like that we're going to see value in the next three, four, five years. Uh, if we do it right, and if we start building the relationship with sales, and if we start building the relationships with customer success, if we start consolidating the tool stack, if we start putting processes in together. If... So what I what I tell everyone, because they keep telling me, like, how do you do now revenue operations on a global team? Because I'm in charge of the eight regions that are more profitable for the company. Um, and the answer is, each company has its own revenue operations flavor and there's no, or at least I don't believe there are such thing as best practices because what you, what I learned back in my consultancy days, not everything applies to what I am doing right now. And so, for example, the breaking the silos, that that is something that I have spoke previously about where I believe there are functional silos and it's a definition that I had to learn here at JLL because of the of, of a, a larger group and a larger organization. Um, but I absolutely love that we are a multicultural team that, that slowly but surely is starting to understand things. That's awesome. Well, it's per- I would say definitely from my experience with RevOps professionals like you that are champions for the, the role that persistence is also, um, perseverance is something that you have to, you know, definitely, uh, bring internal to under to build a, like continue to sell the value, um, over time and get people to understand the, the true message yep. of, of what you're doing. Yeah. Awesome. Well, let's talk a little bit about your superpower. Um, I, I, you, you told me what it is on our, our sheet and in chatting, but I'd love to hear more about it from you. Um, you know, what, tell us what your superpower is. I believe my superpower, Leslie, it's something called anti-fragility. And I'm going to explain a little bit what it is and what it is about. Um, People, given the fact that I am an immigrant and I am a woman in leadership positions and part of the LGBT community and autistic and like all these things, make me a very diverse human. And so people started to tell me, you're very resilient and things have happened to you that shouldn't happen to any human being. And when I heard that word, it kind of was itchy. It didn't really feel mm. quite quite well inside of me because I was I, I was of the thinking and I've always been of the thinking that the 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 problem with the world with the word resilience is that people think that you need to go back to the version that you were before so that you have to bounce back. And for me, the human being is a, hopefully it's an evolutive creature with, where we are in constant change. I'm not the person that I was a month ago, for God's sake, a week ago. 
And mm -hmm. um, so when I read a book by Nassim Taleb, a very complex author that it's also known by his book, Black Swan, I started to read about anti-fragility and how he describes it. And he describes anti-fragile, a system that is anti-fragile. It's formed by several different pieces and small pieces that in order to become a stronger system and a better system needs to be broken. And so I loved, I loved, I loved that concept of like, it's, it's almost like telling to life, hit me hit me because I need to be broken because I'm going to get stronger. And that is the entire purpose. And so that idea of having to break some little pieces, not, not, all, not all, all, all of the system, of course, because otherwise you can't recover. But uh, right. those small pieces that need to be broken is exactly what happened to me over these past 12 years. And it's exactly why I wrote a book about it, because I believe that there were pieces that broke inside of me that never really came back together. And, uh, but today I am stronger than ever and I am in a better position than I've ever could have been in my, in, in Mexico city where I am originally from. So I think mm -hmm. that's my superpower. That's, I'm going to need to spend some time on that. Like I want to like dive into that. I could say that's awesome, but I'm like, I need to really think about that a little bit. I, I mean, how did you come to the mindset or come to that place in your mind that you said, this is meant to be like, it's okay that I've been broken or that these pieces have been broken off of me. I mean, I imagine that has to be a, it's not something you just say, Oh, one day you're like, great. This is such a benefit. Like, did that take some time for you to kind of internalize? Definitely. And I think it happened precisely when I wrote the book because the body is so smart that when that when some, something bad happens to you or something that it's not very pleasant happens to you, we block pain, especially women. And we tend to block things. And so that's why you get you you go back to the road and and you are getting hit again and again and again and again because we forget. But when I was writing the book and I was kind of compiling the information for the chapters and going back to my emails and going back to the things that I that I that I went through, it was super hard. And and back then I told my partner like I didn't have the need to go through all of this, but I'm grateful. However, if someone would tell me, would you do it all over again? Probably the answer would be no. Uh, mm -hmm. No, I wouldn't because I don't think there are pieces there in, in the book that I described that were, that are very painful and that I don't think any human being should go through that because it was soul breaking and something inside of me never, never recovered. And so mm -hmm. it's people harming other people because the reality here in the U.S. and as hard as it may sound, probably others have had best, better luck, but, uh, in the U.S., they do not like Mexicans. They think that we came to stole something on enchanted territory. And so that reality that I decided to call home, precisely the place where we are rejected, it's been a battle. It's been a true battle, and I only got my green card after 11 years. And so I could have chosen every other place in the world, but I wanted to live in San Francisco because I fell in love with it. So to, you, mm -hmm. to your question, 
it never really hit me until I wrote the book. Like you, you keep going, like you keep, 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 keep going until you don't feel your legs. And uh, it's like running a marathon, which I've done mm-hmm. before, by the way, as well. And there's a point where I was telling my partner as well, like you don't run with your legs anymore. You run with your mind because you don't feel them. And so that's what, happened to me over these past 11 years there was a point where I was not running with my legs anymore because they were broken I was running with my mind and my mind is what kept me afloat and what kept me thinking that there was a better life for me after the rainbow and so here I am awesome tell us about what what's the name of your book it's called the left hand of Silicon Valley or Silicon Valley's left hand okay Awesome. I'm going to definitely look that up um, after we uh, after we wrap. And if you're open to it, we'll definitely add the link in the show notes so that um, other people could take a look as well. The Spanish version is done and it's on Amazon. Um, the English version, it's still in, in editing stages, but it's going to be out very, very soon. So yeah, I'm more mm-hmm. than happy to, to talk about it more in the next episode or something. Yes, yes, let's do that. Well, how do I mean, I think you've alluded to this and we can go as you know, deep or as shallow as you'd like on that. But like when did you decide that this was this your superpower? And what now that you've decided that this is this particular strength is a superpower, what do you do to kind of keep it nurtured um going forward? By being uncomfortable, like number 1 I feel that on purpose because we could all see my my life as a victim. I could easily do that and then go go through life being the victim. But I don't think that's a smart way to do things. And so I prefer to see things the way like I have made the decisions that I've made through my life, having other options. I've always come, I, I come from opportunity. I've always had options. I just happened to chose a longer road every single time, but I put myself in a lot of uncomfortable positions and that's how I keep nurturing the anti-fragility that I'm, that I'm talking about because the most, the more uncomfortable that you get, the more situations you're going to encounter and the more you're going to evolve and the more that, that you're going to be building skills to kind of go through that. And the moment that I realized that this was a superpower was Probably when when I first managed my first manager, uh, because I've always managed people one way or, or another, but uh, managing managers, it's another entire beast. And when that person told me uh, that I changed his life, uh, that was pretty fulfilling. Uh, I think that moment, and also I was a teacher for a quiet for a quick uh, a quick hot second. Um, and my students, they when they re- wrote the reviews at uh, the end of the course, they told me, Lorena, I've never been so inspired by a teacher like you in the pandemic. Because in the pandemic, it's, it's hard to keep people engaged through a camera. And I think the story that I have to tell and the, and the things that form that story, that's when I realized hey, I have something that nobody else has or probably that someone else has but haven't noticed that they have. Um, and I am capitalizing on it and I am, and I am working on it. The more I want to be, I, wanna, I want more punches. I want more of that and, and, and I'm ready to have that. I don't know if I could be that person. 
I mean, I'm just going to be real transparent there. I don't know that, that I would ask for more punches, um, in life. So more thinking, more thinking. This is the most thought provoking podcast I have run so far. So I appreciate you kind of stretching my mind, um, on this. How, you know, as you think about, so obviously it's the people power community podcast and I met you through a community. So if you Mm -hmm. think about how you kind of integrate your superpower and how you participate in communities, and I'm sure you participate in more than just one, uh, the community I know you through. So does that, how do you think about that as you, you know, kind of dive into community? Because somehow being anti-fragile made me more empathetic towards people. Because since I didn't want others to to go through what I was going through, I became a little more sensitive, a lot more sensitive and, and a lot more patient towards people because patience is something that, that I had to struggle with all my life. I, I was never patient, never, never. Since I was a kid, my mother tells these stories that I needed things my own way in my own time. And uh, my partner says the same right now. <laughs> but uh, but uh, patience is something that I really got to learn and to and to apply in all these communities because, for example, all the noise that happens in Slack, people are always asking something from you. They are there's always the, the messages on LinkedIn asking for a recommendation for a for a sale for a something. And Podcast so, guest spot. Both <laughs> <laughs> I say yes. Um, but that's that's how I apply it to to community to really put myself out there and be able to give a helping hand to whoever needs it to whoever asks for it because I think it's there's bravery behind someone asking for help. Sometimes we mm-hmm. don't realize that we need a pushing hand on our back uh, until we we are breaking and and I and I think that if I could be that hand that lives over people, that's that's legacy, right? Like that's legacy mm-hmm. in this life. And that's what I want to do. So I'm, I'm, I'm a sucker for communities, all types of communities, every time, all day, every, every day. Uh, and I think the one that you and I met, met in has been proven to be super effective, not only for the founder, but also for the members of the community. Every, every single person that I talk to about it, they are like, yeah, I have met amazing people and I've met... Mm-hmm. Uh, amazing uh, content and and I have learned and grown from being part of this community so I think that's how I approach it since I grew more empathy now I'm able to be more around people because as also by the way I'm an introvert a really hardcore introvert there you go so you know you know how hard it is being to be around people Um, but somehow I I find the way to nurture that and to leverage that as a as a as a as a thing that accelerates other things uh, as a catalyzer. That that's the the or a catalyst catalyst. I don't know. Let's edit that catalyst. catalyst. Yeah, yeah, catalyst. Yeah. Um, as a catalyst, and uh, and that's how I use it. Mm-hmm. And I'll just uh, kind of go back to the one thing you said about sometimes people need like the push, you know, the pushing hand to have them, you know, open up or ask for help, et cetera. And I think, um, you know, just 
I think being vulnerable, you know, and then also like sharing your story mm-hmm. um, like this, you know, people, they, they look, may look and say, oh, Lorena has this amazing job at this huge global corporation. And, but like saying that, you know, you've needed a helping hand, I've needed a helping hand many times and, you know, being open about that um, will let that next person that's coming behind you that doesn't have the, maybe the I don't know, bravery or the mental strength to come forward and say, I need help with something. It just like kind of opens that door. So it's, it's nice that. Yeah. It's, you tell it was story. me a long time ago. I, I had a hard time asking for help because I, I also have the personality and, and I was taught it's a very Mexican thing where they teach you to, to go on your own and to deal with your own feelings and don't look for therapy and don't look for all these things that have like a stigma on them or like a scarlet letter on them in the in the Latin American culture. And so coming to the US for me, it was super hard when I was struggling. I came without knowing anyone or anything about the country. So I had to change everything that I knew from the way I ate to the way I understood humor, to the way I understood businesses, mm-hmm. to the way I understood people. And so it was a really, really striking moment when I was like, and I chose this. Uh, mm-hmm. So looking for, for help was one of those things that it was super hard at the very beginning. And today, today I am super cynical about it. And I'm just like, hey, you know what? I need this. Can you please help me? Or, or you don't. And if they say no. I'll find another person that will help me. So yep. yeah, it's a muscle like every everything else in life. And it's amazing when you do, I mean, I'm thinking just from a business perspective, when you go and ask for help, I mean, now I'm like, oh, I have a, I'm, I'm thinking about my repackaging. I'm thinking about something or I'm having a challenging day. Like I just go ask. And it's amazing how many people will raise their hand and offer to help. Yeah. And like you said, if the first person isn't available, I just go the next and then the next. And then we finally find the answers. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about the last thing. Let's leave the listeners with something here. So if say someone resonated with your story and they said, yes, okay, maybe if they didn't have the words for it, this anti-fragility, or if they did have the words for it, what would you tell them on ways that they can, you know, continue to nurture that superpower to be a benefit to them, you know, as they go through their life? First of all, self-introspection, because I think we don't spend enough time knowing about ourselves. And that that could be everything from spend 30 minutes listening to your favorite podcast, spend 30 minutes listening to music, spend 30 minutes reading, it's spend, but spend time with yourself doing the things that you like. And what I also like to tell people is like, allow yourself to be bored, because that's when creativity actually happens when when you have nothing to do in this life but to be bored and so those two things I think are the best things that you can improve in order to be more more willing because the the, the key word here is to be willing as you said like to be hit again and again and again some people as you said yourself like don't want that and it's totally okay but if you find yourself that that life has beaten you over and over again and you keep putting yourself in those situations, you might be an anti-fragile person and, and by choice. And so mm-hmm. so to, to those people, I would say embrace it. Recognize it, number one. Number two, embrace it because it's a, it's a good thing in life. And um, 
though that that would be my 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 advice to those people mm-hmm. and and name it if they've not named it name before it. Exactly. like it may it may have been named something else like something else that maybe that didn't have the positive connotation of anti-fragility and name it or rename it in in a mm-hmm. way that makes sense for them so well, that's awesome i really appreciate you sharing your story um with us today um if uh obviously you've kind of uh already uh let me just mark this real quick because now i'm just skipping over my words hold on okay going back to my little thing um you've alluded that we can obviously find you on linkedin is that the best place um to for people to reach out to you yes absolutely linkedin is the best way to reach out to me or via twitter some people have tweeted me weirdly enough oh. but uh but twitter oh. is also a, a good channel for me i spend a lot of time in twitter probably more than i should and uh, okay. on linkedin and on linkedin as well so those two avenues are the best way to 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 reach out to me well good i will make sure to link those in the show notes and um if your book is out in Spanish or English or both, when we go to put this out to everyone, we will definitely add the links in there. I will be looking forward to listening to it. Well, um, thank you, Lorena. And thank you all for listening um, today. And we will see you next week. Thank you, Leslie. Bye. Thank you, everyone. Thank Bye-bye. You. Thank you, Lorena. Bye.